This is an editorially independent program supported with funding by Johnson & Johnson Vision. Welcome to this podcast series on success with LASIK surgery. My name is Rana Jaraha, and I'll be asking several physicians about their experience with the technology. In this first installment, we'll be discussing why LASIK is still considered the number one refractive procedure. We have with us today an accomplished group of eye care providers, starting with Dr. James Loden of Loden Vision in Nashville, Tennessee. Hello, thank you for inviting me today. Next, we have Dr. Sandra Black, an optometrist and industry consultant from Toronto, Canada. Hello, Rana. We also have with us Dr. Gary Wartz of Commonwealth Eye Surgery in Lexington, Kentucky. Welcome, Gary. Thank you so much for having me. Finally, we also have Dr. Bill Wiley of Cleveland Eye Clinic in Brecksville, Ohio. Welcome, Dr. Wiley. Happy to be here. Thank you all for joining us today. So we're here to talk about LASIK vision correction, the role it plays in each of your practices, and how we can learn from your clinical experiences. Let's start with Dr. Gary Wartz. Can you share where we are today with refractive technology? Sure. Sometimes I tell patients that the newest thing about LASIK is that it's old. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that actually in a good way. Since the 90s, we've only made very incremental improvements in the foundational technology of eczema laser ablation of the cornea. If you think about the transformative changes that have happened in technology in general between the 1990s and today, it's pretty amazing that there really hasn't been anything that has come close to making LASIK obsolete. There may be other surgical options that are starting to approximate the safety and efficacy of LASIK, but I really don't see anything coming down the pike that's going to make LASIK obsolete. And we can talk about the nuances in the techniques of individual surgeons, that one surgeon may prefer one type of laser or other preferences, but really no matter how you perform LASIK, it's the application of a computer-driven algorithm to digitally reshape the cornea. The role of the physician is sort of limited in terms of setting up the machine, creating the flap, registering the eye, but LASIK is really the first procedure of the 21st century, and it just so happens to have been born ahead of its time in the 90s. Over the years, there seem to have been significant improvements in LASIK outcomes. How do you explain that if the technology hasn't significantly changed? Dr. Black? Well, LASIK technology has only changed fairly incrementally over the last decade or so. We've learned so much that now we can really push the outcome into the range of consistently outstanding. The femtosecond flap and wavefront-guided lasers and eye tracking systems have virtually eliminated surgical complications. In addition to that, we have such good diagnostic equipment that now we're effectively stopping any bad candidates before they even have surgery. We used to just do topography, but now we also do tomography and we look at the posterior float. We're also looking for and treating dry eye disease and preventing problems before they even happen. With all of the technology we have, both diagnostically and surgically, the odds of a patient not getting 20-20 vision or having any type of problem is just extremely slim. Sandra, I totally agree with you on that. When I started performing LASIK in 1997, 2030 or 2040 uncorrected vision was considered a reasonable outcome, not great, but reasonable. We now aim for 2020 on all of our patients, even 2015 without any residual astigmatism. With the advanced vision correction technology of today, we're pushing 99% of our patients across the finish line to 2020 and happy. The quality of the procedure, the fast visual recovery, the great one-day post-op satisfactions are all the reasons that LASIK, in my mind, is so successful and is my go-to procedure. 
One thing that I'm hearing is that part of the reason we're seeing improved outcomes is because we're being more particular with patient selection for LASIK. Tell me, who is the ideal candidate for LASIK? I agree you should be highly selective with your LASIK candidates. Don't try to push the limits of the procedure. Don't perform surgery on very high hyperopes. Be cautious with very high astigmatism and very high myopia. We have to face the current reality that a dissatisfied patient can take to social media now and tell a whole lot of people. With this in mind, I'm really cautious of patients that are 2025 or 2030 best corrected vision prior to surgery. They just don't seem to understand why they're not 2020 after LASIK, and in my experience, will be the patients most likely to blog about their unhappiness. I try to keep to patients that are 2020 and 2015 best corrected vision prior to surgery. Dr. Wiley, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. You know, LASIK currently is a gold standard. It's very versatile. It's what patients know and understand. And other refractive procedures are are basically add-ons to that. You know, to be a refractive surgeon today, you have to be comfortable with all surgical options. But LASIK is the number one procedure for refractive surgery. I think everything else sort of builds on that and is synergistic with it. You know, the versatility of LASIK is one of its strong points. I can use it to treat a wide range of prescriptions in addition to treating astigmatism, such that you know, while there are a lot of procedures out there that can treat higher prescriptions, a lot of them aren't currently approved in the U.S. for treating astigmatism, thus limiting their scopes. Many patients, you know, quite frankly, come in with some amount of astigmatism, and it's important to treat that to achieve that patient's expectation of, of crisp 2020 vision. You know, while PRK can also functionally treat astigmatism, it's not a practice builder. You know, patients are seeing well on the charts, sometimes even better than LASIK, but the road to get there is much more challenging. In our current culture, a longer healing period is harder to sell. You know, patients want uh, great vision, but they want it quickly. And LASIK is the best tool we have right now to deliver that across the broadest patient range. Let's focus in on some data that supports LASIK's position as the gold standard. A three-year longitudinal study was published by Price and colleagues that of all the available vision correction options, LASIK produces the highest levels of satisfaction and actually has a better long-term safety profile than glasses or contact lenses. The study joins a number of studies from 2008 onward that all show patient satisfaction rates of 95% or higher. How does the satisfaction rate translate to your practices? A 95% satisfaction rate is actually quite astounding and basically unheard of in medicine or in life in general. And we truly have that with LASIK. The biggest regret that many patients have is that they didn't get the procedure earlier so they can benefit longer. Our patients' experience is so positive overall that I think in our minds we round that up to 100%. Then anytime a patient is even slightly annoyed or having any kind of difficulty that we need to coach them through, as surgeons we kind of feel like we failed. An unhappy patient is so abnormal that psychologically, it can kind of create a barrier for us. So it's important to remember that very few things in life will bring a patient as much satisfaction as a LASIK procedure, and we should be proud to help them with that. Dr. Loden and Dr. Black, what have your experiences been? I actually think 95% satisfaction is low compared to what I see in my practice. When we look at the studies that are out there, basically every one of them says 95% satisfaction But one thing that's interesting about those studies is that most did not allow enhancements. When you look at post-enhancement satisfaction, you're really going to get up close to 99% satisfied customers, which is what our in-house statistics show. I would say 
that 99% satisfaction rate is within the theoretical range of what we can perform right now. And patients find the procedure simple and virtually pain-free. They go home, take a nap, and when they wake up, they can see without their glasses or contacts. The vast majority of patients are able to legally drive on day one and are already 20-20. It's this amazing wow factor that makes patients excited enough to tell their friends. It really is a life changer for them. While these outcomes are excellent, I'm wondering if we may have the problem that Dr. Wartz mentioned, but with the patients. Do they hear 99% or 95% satisfaction rate and automatically round up to 100% and then maybe become disappointed should anything be less than perfect? When we first started doing LASIK, there was about a 40% chance the patient would need an enhancement. So we told patients up front that they would have surgery, get an enhancement two to three months later, and they would think you were wonderful. Now, an enhancement has gone from a probability to a signal of failure, which really shouldn't be the case. So I tell patients, this procedure is probably the most well-tolerated and most well-loved procedure in all of medicine. And I have every confidence in the world that you're going to be happy. But we have to remember we're operating on living tissue. And living tissue in the body always wants to go back to where it started from. We're going to make a change, and that change is perfect based on the day of surgery. If your cornea regresses, however, it's not a sign that the laser didn't work. It's that your body is healing and trying to go back to its native state. If that occurs, we can go back and we can recorrect it. Not a big deal. I also don't think we have to promise them the moon. All you have to tell the patient is that at the end of the day, they're going to drastically reduce their dependence on glasses and they're going to be comfortable. Patients don't come in asking if the surgery is 100% guaranteed. And if they do, we just explain that all patients heal differently and some of them may need an enhancement. We always address everything that can happen and all the patients receive an extensive informed consent. It also helps to start patients on their day one post-op by having them read the 2040 or 2050 line and then exclaiming, wow, this is amazing. You can legally drive already. And then we feed on that excitement as they go down the chart. So much depends on how you portray things and the emotions you give off. It's also worth mentioning the safety factor. Patients think that if they can buy contact lenses online, they can't do any harm. But there are studies that show that the rate of infection is actually higher with contact lenses than with LASIK surgery. What we want to achieve is a super, super happy patient. If you look at Dr. Steve Schellhorn's data from the past, a patient that is 2015 is three times more likely to refer a friend or family member than a patient who is 2020. That is a big difference. Fortunately, we can hit 2015 quite frequently, and that's why our LASIK business continues to grow. Ecstatic patients share with their friends and family, and those friends want LASIK too. LASIK is a procedure that was made for the era of social media. Patients who attain great results just can't help but share the good news with their friends and family, typically through social media platforms. And that's the best kind of advertisement because it's unsolicited and from a trusted source. And at the end of the day, it's the excellent results that are really responsible for generating many more LASIK patients. This is all excellent information. Now, I want to turn the conversation a bit. All of our LASIK patients have been seeing optometrists for years to address their vision correction needs. Do we need to be extending our education of the current standing on LASIK outcomes to our referral network as well? Definitely. When we first began doing LASIK in the late 1990s, we were excited and we were talking to everyone about it, especially our referral network. Now I think we assume that everyone is educated about both the procedure and the technology, but that's not necessarily true. There's a whole younger generation of ODs that don't even think about bringing it up in their private practices, which is where the majority of our patients are. 
I think we really need to be out there showing our referral network where we are today with LASIK, the diagnostic advances, as well as surgical improvements, and encouraging them to discuss it with their patients. The majority of our referral network has no idea where the technology is at these days. Yes. One of the first things we try to do in terms of marketing is build advocacy within our referral market. It's important to keep the story alive within our network, and I encourage colleagues to host office-based educational events, which have proven to be quite effective in my practice. Thank you to Drs. Wiley, Black, Loden, and Warts for sharing your current outcomes with LASIK surgery. We've learned that small refinements to the technology and preoperative diagnostics have resulted in extraordinarily high rates of patient satisfaction, even close to 99% in some of your offices. The result of excellent outcomes is a natural increase in LASIK patients. This concludes our first installment in a special podcast series on LASIK. This is an editorially independent program supported with funding by Johnson & Johnson Vision. Stay tuned for additional episodes on how to communicate with your patients about the technology and how to market it effectively.